You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Welcome to Soupcast, coming to you from Archaeosoup Towers. By popular demand, we're taking selected videos from the Archaeosoup back catalogue and bringing them to you as convenient podcasts. As the name implies, with Archaeosoup you get a bit of everything thrown into the pot. Archaeology, discussion, humour and debate. You can find out more at archaeosoup.com. So sit back, relax and enjoy our hearty helping of Archaeosoup. Hello and welcome back to Watching Brief for the week of the 11th of October 2021. I am joined as ever by the simply marvellous Mr Andy Brockman. Good afternoon Andy. Good afternoon, Mark. And when you introduce me in those effusive terms, I always think next, what does he want? <laughs> I want your company, <laughs> your, your marvellous person. You. <laughs> um, and also, of course, uh, with it being October, I want to have a wonderful uh, build-up to Halloween. As you can probably tell, my office is uh, well decked out. We have cobwebs and chains and hands and feet hanging around. Uh, although I know that you're you're taking a, a more subdued approach to uh, to Halloween. Well, House Brockman, with with the, uh, the with the exception of Winterval, um, we uh, we tend not to sort of um, write the calendar on the, uh, on, on, on the on the body of the house, really. Um, so we, we tend to internalize. For example, this this time of the year, we tend to internalize our inner Wiccan, and um, so we go we go for the yeah. I mean, we we, we, we go we go for the, uh, the 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 sort of rich but minimalist approach. So it, it, it's jack o' lantern and pumpkin soup on the thirty first, and uh, you know we, we uh, and, and maybe something Tex Mex in celebration of the uh, the of the day of the dead on on the 1st of november you know so so sort of classic understated simplicity really it, you know it is and food. An, yeah. an and, elegant and food. approach and food an elegant approach uh, so but anyway whether whether you go uh, quiet or you go big uh, regardless of how we celebrate this time of year uh, andy and i are here to continue our ongoing watching brief to discuss well usually the archaeological news of the week although this week as last week, we are waiting on some bits and bobs to fully form. And we didn't just want to find completely random news stories to simply present to you. Uh, and so we figured that, that we would begin this week, having not quite managed to record last week, with a bit of a, of a reflection. We figured it was, it was a good idea to talk a little bit about why it is we do watching brief and therefore I suppose what we believe about archaeological news and the interaction with journalism and the broader context of archaeology that we find ourselves discussing an awful lot in this series. We've been doing this for over 320 episodes now I think this is I think this is episode 327 yep mm-hmm. if I remember correctly yep, yep. Mm-hmm. and so we, we've covered a lot of very different ground in, in, in all those stories that we have covered and um, different and yet <laughs> and yet, we've mentioned the hobby. We've mentioned the hobby lobby a lot. Yeah. Well, well, um, I, well and yet we began though with the Stonehenge bypass in January 2017. I mean, some stories are just evergreen, aren't they? Over the course of of watching brief. Absolutely, and and then, which is why I think it's good to take a punctuation mark like this and look back on what we've done, and then look forward to maybe where we're going, and if we're going on in the same way, or if we may be looking to to. to develop uh the, the the form a little bit i mean the Stonehenge bypass is a great you know it, it is one of those stories that it, it, it's the gift that keeps on giving it's a bit like groundhog day 
uh, you know, that Grant Shapps is Punk's Tawny Phil, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he, emerge, he emerges from his lair, um, looks around, blinks in the sunlight, does something unlawful and has to retreat again and the whole project shell for a bit, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, so, you know, it, it's... Uh, yeah, it's important to to, to 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 take stock, I think, and uh, look look back and look forward. So we we shouldn't really be doing this at New Year, actually, shouldn't we? It's the old Janus thing. Well, well back, possi- but... possibly, but the, the the thing is, I felt it was it was an opportunity because mm. it also lays some of the groundwork for some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about in the coming months as well. True. Uh, it's going to be without saying what we're talking about in the coming months. Uh, it's it's going to be, I think, important for people to be able to understand where we're coming from uh archaeologically and journalistically archaeologically is that is that a new a new uh, portmanteau um and uh, i suppose for me my interest in in archaeology and, and the news really really reached its first milestone in 2013 i uh, i had been reporting on on news weekly actually with something called archaeo scoop a series that I used to do on Archeosoup, where I would just sort of pick a couple of headlines a week and, and essentially point to them. Uh, but, it, but in February 2013, I became particularly interested with the way in which the archaeological discovery of Richard III was being reported and, and the relationship between the, journal, uh, the journalists surrounding a TV production that surrounded an archaeological dig uh, in Leicester, ran by the archaeological department at, at um, Leicester University. And how it looked as though they came dangerously close to to really losing control of of their own work. Now, I, in in that instance, it was complex because it was also partly, I believe, partly funded. The the endeavour was partly funded by uh, by people who wanted to present the story in a slightly more dramatic way, uh, namely, for example, Channel Four and the TV series. But it it just struck me as a as an interesting case study, and it sort of got me thinking about. These, these questions of the power relationship between archaeologists, journalists, for the most part traditional journalism, and also uh, the public. And another example that kind of came up, came out not long, um, I think not long after that, was at, uh, at Binchester, the Durham University annual excavation that they used to do, uh, I think they now, they now uh, dig at, at uh, Auckland, Bishop Auckland Castle, um, but they were digging a, a Roman fort uh, called Binchester, where a uh, a sculpture was un- uncovered. It was a Roman Anglo, uh, no, sorry, Romano-British uh, stone sculpture head. They had a very distinctive hairstyle, and and um, so it was a very Roman hairstyle, very um, Iron Age uh, looking eyes in terms of artistic style, and. Uh, uh, and despite the archaeologists sort of sending off the facts and ideas to the press office, the press office seemed to sort of want to, you know, sexy up the story a little bit. And it ended up being reported in The Sun as having been, uh, well, if you're British, then you'll know the name Gaza. If you're not British, uh, being reported as a retired, slightly infamous footballer uh, and his visage having been discovered in, in a trench at a Roman fort. And again, it, it was just that question of 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 the 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 stuff of archaeology almost slipping through our fingers when it comes to how it how it's where the coal faces of people actually understanding the work that's 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 ongoing in the field. But I first be, I first really became aware of your your interest in this this place this space where where ent- edutainment I guess or sort of entertainment meets archaeology in the context of your your fascination with the uh, the odyssey um company 
That's probably fair to say. I mean, uh, yeah, around the time, uh, in fact, around the time you were uh, starting uh, and building up Arkea Super as a brand, uh, I was getting involved in a couple of things, uh, including, first of all, campaigning on particular issues, and one of which was the uh, the, the uh, discovery by Odyssey Marine Exploration uh, of HMS Victory, which mm. was taken in 1744 mm. uh, in the English Channel. And the arguments around uh, treasure hunting and maritime archaeology, uh, and I pretty and also there were other issues around at the time. Uh, um, for example, um, I started looking at um, uh, illegal metal detecting uh, and um, the um, unlo- you know, illicit recovery of particularly militaria mm. from sites in the UK and in France and Belgium uh, and, and, and now and, and elsewhere. Um, and so I, uh, I, I, I was look. I, I, I pretty soon worked out that for me at least, um, I, if I was going to make a contribution anywhere, it wasn't going to be campaigning because you know other people were doing that and were better at that. And, and um, there, there are difficulties around that, which we'll no, back, no doubt come back to in other watching briefs in future. Um, but what I could do was what I think very few people were doing up at that up to that time, which was treating archaeology as news and current affairs. Mm. They were treating it as archaeology, as as heritage, mm. but they weren't they weren't dealing with the up to the up to the minute issues like, for example, what's our relationship with government, what's our relationship with government funding, what's our relationship with the media, as you were pointing out. Um, well, and I, and and I, suppose, I suppose also, I guess, a tendency to to almost see archaeological reporting as a succession of additions to a national curio cabinet. Oh, we found yeah. one of these. We've got one of those. Exactly. The oldest this, yeah. the the uh, the youngest that, or whatever. You know. That's exactly right. And, and, and then again, um, in that period, 2012, 2013, 2014, um, and it's when we first started doing recordings together. I think. Um, but I was uh, the lead archaeologist on the Burma Spitfires mm. uh, project, where we were absolutely in the eye of the media, uh, very deliberately so. It was it, it was a high profile project, mm-hmm. but um, that involved working very closely with uh, a TV documentary crew and the head of PR for Wargaming, who were the sponsors of the of, of the project. Um, and making sure that what we were doing as archaeologists, first of all, um, was conveyed appropriately and then wasn't misrepresented. And, that, and then actually insisting that we were involved in the decision-making pro, uh, processes on how how, the, how what we were doing was presented and the fact that you know, we, were, um, we, we were going to write a public report mm. that was going to be made freely available and, mm. and, and, and so on. Um, so, so you've got that that, that that notion of accessibility and and mm. um, and accountability, I suppose, which often archaeologists I've certainly observed don't particularly understand why they should be accountable for certain things in their life. Yeah. Um, mm. But also, uh, I we think come back to that later. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I think specifically, actually, also, the, uh, you know, one of the reasons, one of the ways in which that that really was highlighted for me when observing you. Uh, was when I started, you know, I looked a little bit at, at, at the TV series, for example, surrounding the Odyssey Company, and what you had there were people who were archaeologists, absolutely archaeologists, you know, they even had the, it was on the, the screen and everything, you know, so-and-so, archaeologist, um, mm. who were doing their best to uh, to justify what was 
often a, 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 often a, a, a process that was always in the process of being justified. That is to say that, that the company frequently found itself in court. Um, the archaeological discoveries that were featured on the TV show weren't often much to do with the reason why they were actually investigating the wreck. You know, oh, we found mm. some spoons, wonderful, but I wonder if there's got some gold bullion here, this kind of thing. Uh, or, you know, some sherry or something that might be recoverable in bottles. Like the, I think it was one of the, the shows. Um, and so really, out of that came, for me... Uh, also in talking with you as well, a growing awareness that, that as you often say, archaeologists aren't always the good guys. Uh, and, not and, not, and not just, you know, in, in, uh, in Indiana Jones. No, well, no, uh, no exactly, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to be fell off, um, yeah. If only you spoke exactly. of Hittos, Indy, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but it, and, and that is to say that, that and I'm not specifically pointing at, at, at your man in Odyssey and saying he was a bad guy, but rather that, that we all bring, we all can bring, and we all, I think, by definition must bring, our own um, individual personal reasons, agendas, beliefs, mm. uh, socio-political goals, uh, f familial goals to our to the practice of archaeology, and that inevitably business goals as well um, inevitably will shape the narrative as you want it to be told, and and therefore uh, the conversation that can unfold around it. Um, I suppose I mean as you put in the note here notes here, archaeology is not monolithic, and and the conversation that 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 unfolds as soon as you start looking at archaeological news in a slightly, a slightly um, not as much critical way, but sort of editorial way, I think highlights that. And that that's one of the reasons why we've, we've been interested in doing Watching Brief for this long, isn't it? Absolutely. Look, uh, I see what I do, and by extension, I see Watching Brief really as being a critical friend. Hmm. No, but both bo both of us, we're, you know, we're involved in archaeology because we love it, because we think it's important, because we think it it reaches the parts that other disciplines don't reach. Hmm. Um, it, 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 you know, um, but the when I say archaeology isn't monolithic, uh, I say that because there's a tendency in parts of certainly the UK archaeological world at the moment, and I think it grows from a kind of defensiveness, a lack of confidence in the sector as a whole. Mm. Um, that uh, any kind of criticism of archaeology, of archaeologists, of particular stances is somehow dividing the profession. Mm. Um, and I think you only have to look at you mentioned earlier Stonehenge being our very first story, the Stonehenge bypass being our very first story. Yeah, it'll be our last yeah. story as well. I'm sure it'll be the final. The final. <laughs> The final thing we talk about, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, just, just yeah. as, just as, just as we run out of internet, <laughs> we'll be <talking laughs> which, which could be sooner rather than later, given what's been happening to the social media apps in the last few days. Yeah. Anyway, we'll come back yeah. to that later. No, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, the, the Stonehenge uh, bypass, the A three hundred three upgrade, has been polarizing in, in the archaeological world, and it's been polarizing ever since it was first really um, presented as a possibility in the nineteen nineties, as, mm. as a serious possibility in modern times in the nineteen nineties. Mm. Um, so to pretend that it's not divisive, I think, is naive, and to refuse to address uh, arguments that are made pro and contra because it might be seen as divisive um i think is dangerous mm. i don't think you know i, I think you, you know you can't you can't suppress legitimate arguments 
unless it, you, you know. Well, and, um, and and yet at the same time, I think it's worthwhile. You know, if, if you don't mind, I'll just play a little bit of devil's advocate here. At the same oh no, time, please no, exactly. That's that, that's important too. Like I yeah. said, critical friends. Well, and at the same time, I suppose what I would say is, is that for a long time, in fact, we have. I know I have certainly have been pushing for more of a of a united voice in archaeology, more you know, cross. Uh, cross the aisle conversation within the sector so that people outside mm. the sector can understand better what the archaeological perspective is is your mm. is your problem here uh, seemingly one of uh, taking a stance on ideological grounds as opposed to on sound for example in this instance legal grounds when it came to stonehenge look i think it was a very bad look that professional archaeologists and particularly uh, archaeological companies and archaeological organisations took a stance um, in favour of the current um, UK Highways uh, plan for Stonehenge mm. before all the legal moves were worked out because people were warning that this was not just controversial but parts of the project, the way it was framed, were potentially illegal. Mm. And they still went with it. And in fact, even, even, even after the High Court found on two grounds that the Transport Secretary had acted unlawfully on two grounds uh, in, in granting the project the go-ahead, they were still, um, is, instead of welcoming the fact that the law was being upheld, they regretted the decision. Yes. Now, I think that for the morality of archaeology that's a da that's dangerous ground to be stepping on because it's almost like saying that if we as archaeologists say this is okay it doesn't matter what the law says mm. and i don't think we should be in that area i i think it's important that those arguments are aired mm. and you know however inconvenient they are however much certain vested interests um for example and, and, and it could be argued for example that you know historic england require uh, because it's dependent entirely on the government for its funding and wessex archaeology is a commercial organization that stood to make millions of pounds out of work on the stonehenge upgrade the a303 upgrade um you know th that that it could be argued colors their inputs to the process mm. and i think it is incumbent on us as commentators as journalists as um, observers, if we see that, to call it out and invite and offer the offer the information, um, and then people can make up their own minds. Okay. Now it, it it's uh, it's it's also you know in that context of being a critical friend, it's also been been important, and it's been in that sense um, an honour to be able to help other people within the sector tell their stories uh, so mm. recently obviously we've had interviews with with people involved uh, with the um proposed and eventual closure of departments um so we're talking about for example sheffield and and Worcester universities um uh, and that that sort of stuff isn't uh isn't necessarily um uh, as exciting as comparing something to stonehenge you know the old, as old as Stonehenge, or you know, as big as two whales is, for example. Um, but it is, it is something that 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 I think also ties in with this 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 uh, this reason for us doing this. In so much as you you just mentioned the soul of archaeology, and I think I think uh, that 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 sort of gets to the heart of it. But I think we're both interested in the the quality of archaeology's soul, as opposed to. 
as opposed to observing individuals necessarily and uh, and and hoping that or expecting those people to be beyond reproach rather it's it's about having conversations that help us all to better understand how we can all be better archaeologists um and and i don't know i mean what what what, what is there anything else that that comes out of that for you in terms of um helping people to 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 talk about things that, that maybe their bosses wouldn't necessarily want them to be talking about perhaps, but, but in doing so helping that, that soul of archeology. span One of the things I've been most moved by, uh, and, and, and most encouraged by in the last year or so is in, even in some quite appalling circumstances that we've talked about and we've explored, um, at Worcester and at Sheffield, um, people have been prepared to trust us to talk to us mm -hmm. to trust us that we, we will tell the story fairly um and 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 to investigate what is actually going on and again to put information out there in in the public domain but in, in both cases in, in, in worcester and, and and at sheffield we've seen uh university senior management teams trying to in pr terms control the narrative mm. and because people have been prepared to talk to us, because sources on, on many, many stories, uh, people are prepared to share with us information, their thoughts, documents, text, emails, you know, um, often very, you know, uh, at risk to themselves. And we can't, and we don't and can't name them, but that is, it's really, really important that we're able to operate in that kind of area so that we can you know, tell the stories that maybe other people would find inconvenient for us to tell. There's the old adage in journalism that uh, the news is something somebody doesn't want you to print, everything else is advertising. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I think particularly these these last few months when we've been looking at those stories, that, that has been very large. And I'm very, you know, pleased that we, we've been able to do that and I hope we'll, we'll be able to, to continue to to do that so in that sense archaeology uh archaeologists aren't always the good guys but also archaeologists are often uh in need of of a signal boost as well uh and and beyond that um uh archaeologists i i hope through our conversations are shown to be a whole variety of different types of people you know there are management there are there you know there is um the underdog there is the uh, the the good-hearted and there is the cynical uh, within the world of archaeology mm. and uh, yeah. and I think that's for me that's the most important thing uh, and that has been to to present um, not only uh, an interest in what's happening and what's been found and and where it's been found but also in um, talking about the quality of the people who 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 do archaeology. What I think it is worth remembering is that you know. Archaeologists are a community in and of themselves, mm. and, a, and, a, and a very diverse one, as you've just alluded to. Mm. You know, um, the good, the bad, the average, the wonderful, mm. um, the inspired, and the apparatchik. Mm. Um, but uh, and but beyond that, I think we have to remember that we are also part of a community, uh, or commu a community of communities. We're part of a wider world. I mean, and the obvious example at the moment is issues around climate change, mm. where what 
we can offer in terms as a community of archaeologists in terms of knowledge of historical perspective on the impact of climate on society and uh, and so on ties in absolutely for example with our involvement in the development sector mm. and where uh, you know the archa- uh, uh, you know archaeologists i think need to come up with a stance on for example whether to push for um retrofit first into because it's now well acknowledged uh, uh, clearly acknowledged by many many authorities that demolition and rebuilding is the most carbon unfriendly way of development mm. means mm. of development mm. um, we, i've just been looking at a case in northampton where the former debenham store um, is to be demolished and um, rebuilt uh, um, and student flats are going to be re- uh, with retail on, in, on the ground floors are going to be um, built on that site whereas an equivalent building equivalent debenham's building in oxford street um, is going to be retrofitted um, for retail and accommodation mm-hmm. so you know um, which is arguably a much more um, environmentally friendly option mm-hmm. um, and, and shows that it can be done you know mm-hmm. uh, it, um, do archaeologists take a stance on those things? Um, should, should, you know, should companies um, state that they don't wish to work on uh, on uh, projects that aren't zero carbon? Is that? I mean, <clears throat> but as you say, it's one of those things where it's not an easy answer. But it's certainly it's no, there is no easy answer. No, 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 exactly, mm. exactly. And I suppose also as well that there are there are. There, there are there are ongoing questions and case studies as to as to specifically where it is archaeologists interact with the public and how mm. how uh, how open we are to meeting people on site, for example, how open we are to mm. to discussing ongoing research with the public, uh, and and how welcoming how welcoming we are with those things. Uh, I mean, at the moment, um, uh, the, the, yeah, that this has been a, a, a fascinating summer to observe because an awful lot of archaeologists getting back out into the field, being able to work in something mm-hmm. closer to, to a normal work situation, as as we approach, um, uh, you know, the, the latter third, I guess, hopefully of the pandemic. Um, uh, but also, in that sense, seeing lots, lots of, you know, that that interest in archaeology come fl- flooding back as well has been wonderful to see. Uh, and so it's again without. Yeah, you know, while while being abstract, it's been interesting, uh, and I continue to be interested in observing uh, how archaeologists claim to want to interact with the public and how we actually do as a sector, um, because all of this has a bearing on how we're viewed as a profession, whether or not we are in fact viewed as professionals. In fact, to be honest, um, and also, and therefore, it has a has a bearing on on public policy making it has a bearing on uh, work and pay conditions and our ability collectively to claim that sort of ethical moral uh, authoritative stance on history and archaeology um, and I'm not saying that at the expense of pluralism but rather I am saying uh, you know w- w- uh, for a reason you know archaeologists um, and their ability and our ability to talk about the past uh, is something that 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 that, that, that we shouldn't take for granted that people need to listen to us. Yeah, it's those are the okay. So those are the reasons why why we're interested in the, in doing watching brief and why why we continue doing it. And um, and I thought, I thought it, was, it was worthwhile exploring that this week. Uh, and hopefully in the coming weeks and months, when uh, when stories 
come up surrounding all of these different questions that we've been talking about today will be able to point to this uh, little discussion, but also hopefully be, you'll bear, bear this discussion in mind as us being um, interested, friendly observers. We are, uh, uh, what, what, what did you say? The, uh, uh, the, uh, a, a, a critical friend of archaeology in that sense. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and in that sense, absolutely wanting to see a future for this study of the past. Um, with that in mind, uh, we, uh, we once again have uh, a slightly shameless, but in fact, entirely, I think, necessary, actually, I'm going to stop calling it shameless, um, reference to and plug for our Patreon offering. Um, we uh, currently only have uh, one segment on the, uh, the Archaeosuit Patreon, which is for a generalized support of watching brief as little as a dollar per month but we will be uh, in in the coming weeks also announcing a series of extra tiers for that support we have some some merch ideas we have some some um uh, some levels of interaction that, that, we're, that we're currently cooking up and we'll look forward to to announcing that as and when we can um but but do check it out link will be below if you if you believe in what we've been doing for the past five years over the past 327 episodes for the past was it four and a half days worth of of 24 hour viewing pleasure as you put here on the notes um, <laughs> um yeah four and a half days straight if you wanted to watch it you could then please do consider supporting us uh, on uh, patreon i suppose finally but what well, is there any any way that you that you would close up this little reflection on on the the, the the i suppose the extended study and conversation that we've been having about archaeology and uh, and how we how we are interacting with the wider world i'd only say that i think it's more important than ever that people engage not just with the surface of archaeology but with what lies behind it mm. and if when you lift up the stone you find something wonderful and fascinating yeah report that talk about that share that but if when you lift up the stone you find something that's sort of uglier slimier more questionable then i think we have to be brave enough and honest enough with ourselves to interact with that as well mm. and uh what i would say really is uh the pipeline which i edit and watching brief here um we rely on people to help us tell stories. Mm. And if you've got information that you think the public need to share, then please share it with us um, so that we can help you tell the, tell the, tell the story mm. and tell the story safely. Yeah. Because there are people who prefer some stories that aren't told and I think they need to be called out. Mm. So it's certainly something that, we, that we've seen again this summer, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah. Um, uh, I suppose in that sense, uh, I would just remind people that, that, you know, Andy's DMs are always open on Twitter. I think mine are as well, but you can definitely email us as well at the email that's below on screen. Um, yeah. I, I suppose I, I would I would, I would, would just add to that by just saying, ultimately what we're looking for here, and what, one of the notes that I've made here actually, is that we want to continue to expand the conversation uh, to gain tips and insights into into those things which aren't just advertising but are the things that people don't necessarily want us to talk about as, as you say um, but also to become a, a safe space a safe place uh, a welcoming place for conversations about the state of the heritage sector 
um, professional, commercial, and academic interests are, are enveloped in that. Um, yeah. And uh, a place where, uh, where, I mean, to be honest, it, like even even earlier this week, uh, I had a, an interesting conversation with someone uh, via YouTube comments where um, a gentleman was suggesting that the British Museum is illegally selling artefacts. And uh, you and I had a bit of a back and forth. There was a slight titter of, mm, really? But actually, we took it at face value. I've said, okay, wow, if, you, if there's evidence of that, let us know. Yeah, we'll take a look at it. I don't think the evidence will be forthcoming. But regardless, uh, approachability is one of the, one of the things that we, that we try to foster here as well, um, along with everything else. And... Um, we look forward to, to continuing that, that process, that conversation with you. Um, that's this week, I guess. That's this watching brief. Uh, next week, there hopefully will be something that's currently coalescing. It will, will be available for you. Um, and we've got a couple of uh, one or two interviews lined up as well in the near future. Well, the medium distance future. Again, it's all in a cloud coming together. Um, but I guess finally, just thank you guys for watching. Uh, thank you for for your ongoing com comments and conversations and interactions online, and and also frankly, if I'm honest, just for keeping us sane. I mean, the very fact that it's it's possible to find find people who 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 share at times our exasperation, but also at times our our passion for these stories yeah. has been genuinely lovely. Um, and uh, yeah, from time to time, it it, it it's. It's very valuable, actually. I think just to look back on that and look back on the past five years and you know, see where we where we come from and where we're going. I suppose. Um, do you want? To, shall we also invite people to, if they have any particular suggestions, if there's anything in, in, in particular that they want to see in terms of the the the, the shape of of this this weekly format uh, as we as we do proceed. Um, please do again feel free to comment below or get in touch. You know, uh, we we're still experimenting and uh, and so. Uh, yeah, you, you can be part of helping us, uh, helping us improve. Maybe, maybe even become less annoying. You know, less dad jokes. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, yeah, exactly. I, I, I just finish. No, 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 there'll uh, always be dad jokes. I'm sorry, that's just not. <laughs> no, uh, but but I, I, I just finish up by saying that uh, you know I, I I think one of the reasons why you know I, I got into archaeology late as, uh, as as a mature student i worked in in, in theater and performing arts before that and so storytelling is something that's absolutely second nature to me mm -hmm. and archaeology has some wonderful stories some of them some of the most wonderful stories to tell um and in the end that's what we're in the, that yeah that's why we do what we do i think it's because storytelling is that it is at its most basic um, it's something that is it, 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 it's one of the things that makes us human. Mm. Share, sharing stories, whether it was around the campfire or as here on a you know on, on an electronic on the digital social media platform. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it, in uh, it, it's one of the best things that we can do as a species. Oh, well, there we go. Uh, thank you for your time this week, as ever, Andy. Uh, thank you guys for watching at home. Please do comment below. Please do consider supporting us on Patreon. And uh, please do uh, add to that conversation because, yeah, it's an ongoing one. Until next time, guys, do take care.
This podcast episode has been produced by the Archaeology Podcast Network in collaboration with Archaeosoup Productions. Find out more podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.